I'm not gonna put that. It will get copyright straight. CNBC. <laughs> oh yeah. Insert banner here. Ding ding ding. Okay. Well, welcome to episode three. Episode three. Episode three of Much Ado About Economics, where we will talk about the future of economics. The future is now. The future is now. The future is here. Now we're going back to the future. All right, so let me tell you a story about this, and then we can move on. We can go ahead from there. Okay. So let me tell you a story of Xerox, the yeah. fall of Xerox. Okay. So it, as we all know, maybe some of you, some of you guys have no idea what that is. It's a copying company. They used to be a copying company. They used to have printing machines, and I mean, it, it was a household name. Uncle... <laughs> yeah, basically that. Like, they don't say photocopy this, Xerox this. But over time, what happened was that they, instead of innovating and keeping up with the market and the economy and changes happening in the environment, they decided to take a 180 degree turn and end up just going for like financial services and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they work with like Medicaid and taxes mm-hmm. and everything. They got they got in trouble for a lot of things because they don't have the expertise in it. Their mm-hmm. expertise is Xerox. Xerox. Yeah. So that's an example of how a company had failed to adapt to changing situations because while they were a household name, there were other companies like IBM mm-hmm. and Kodak mm-hmm. that grew up, grew in during that time. So mm-hmm. before Xerox was kind of like a monopoly at a time, they could sell their products for like $16,000. Mm-hmm. And IBM came in and was selling the same thing, but even better to an extent for $1,600. I think another story that works really well like that is Nokia. Nokia was a staple. Yeah. Nokia was, like we, we can still quote that 3310 as probably the strongest phone yeah. alive. But see, like what Nokia failed to do, which all many other manufacturers succeeded in, was the advent of touchscreen. Okay? Yeah. And I think touchscreen was something that was fundamental. It was game changer. Yeah, that was game changer. When iPhone came out with like the... Well, Apple came out with the iPhone 2G. Mm-hmm. I think that was game changer. Another thing that was a game changer was BlackBerry. BlackBerry was, but they didn't keep up because of touchscreen. BlackBerry didn't keep up because of touchscreen. But you see how Nokia was the staple in uh, the consumer line as in household line yeah blackberry was the staple in business business and security because blackberry has insane security encryption bbm right yeah. and today blackberry is in a way like even though blackberry does not make phones they definitely definitely have probably the best security systems on the market today yeah they do they they i think they're going into aerospace they're going into other ventures as well i'm not sure about aerospace but they are going into other ventures in terms of security blackberry is into cars yeah, it wasn't aerospace. I meant cars. Blackberry's into Blackberry's into into cars. Range Rover, Range Rover's whole tech mm-hmm. is Blackberry. Blackberry's the connection basic. between the phone and the car, yeah. that data integrity there, the connection between the different car modules. Mm-hmm. So like your infotainment system, your car's ECU, um, the uh, speedometer dash unit, all of that, all that data integrity and the data transfer is all secured by Blackberry. Um, a few years ago, there was a case where uh, FCA, so Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, uh, who do Jeep and uh, Chrysler and Fiat and Dodge, um, because obviously they share the same platforms, right? So what happened is is hackers were able to hack into those systems 
and compromise like compromise those systems to the extent where they could cause car crashes like they could Ooh. completely take over the steering wheel the ac the drivability of that car Now think about like a tesla where everything's relied on electric and like technology but elon musk said that it has a system where like they it keeps it all internal so even if a hacker does come in mm-hmm. it has like a sail, uh, fail safe mm-hmm. where it just like shuts down kind of in a way but like that'll be weird like you're in the middle of a highway and all of a sudden boom <laughs> not just not just weird but that's 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 scary it is yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like that irobot movie remember the one with will smith mm-hmm. do you remember do you remember how that guy was so against this idea of robots but nobody else was believing him mm-hmm. and i don't i i hope most people have watched this movie because i think it's very apt in a way to how society can react to robots and artificial intelligence purely because the artificial intelligence was going behind backs of humans to eradicate the human race yeah simply because it realized that robots are superior and humans are a source of destruction waste waste in a way There right because robots are in quotation marks extremely efficient at what they do yeah but in right? reality like do you really think that could be the case i mean it is a fear and in in the distance it is a possibility mm mm-hmm. but maybe we'll be able to curb it in a way and that's why people are still going forward with AI and technology that way i think right now artificial intelligence is very elementary yeah there isn't sufficient research or there isn't sufficient data to prove the beauty of artificial intelligence mm-hmm. or to get artificial intelligence to the point where it can think almost as if it's a human right like obviously there are these beautiful stories of you know uh IBM's computer watson where um a Japanese oncologist one of the leading oncologists in the world he takes a case of this lady says that i have done all my research and this is the course of medicine that i choose for her this is the course of therapy that i choose for her then they upload the same data into IBM's Watson who has go- which is an artificial intelligence supercomputer that has gone through all of these lists and lists of just research about cancer and uh comes up with a better or comes up with a second course of action for this lady mm-hmm. right and they follow the they follow Watson's uh course of action yeah. the lady suffered less she got better faster and she's very healthy right now yeah so that's the that's the power of ai is it can process a lot of information a lot faster than humans mm-hmm. can so in terms of like trying to figure out what to do and how to do it you just input commands and information into it yeah. and it can give you the best possible solution yeah. and that's the idea of ai is to make everything processed faster and to be able to predict yeah. to re- to remove a lot of guesswork that exists in the market uncertainties yeah. another thing that another thing that's very good is salesforce yeah so salesforce is one of the leading crm systems in the world right now mm-hmm. okay crm is consumer resource management okay and what salesforce does is salesforce has a module called einstein where they ha- which is their own artificial intelligence system mm-hmm. and they are able to take data that you have collected through your consumer resource management system which could be through um the orders that have been placed right the number of orders the frequency of orders from your consumers the type of feedback you get from consumers it'll pick up all of this data that salesforce can 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 pick up take all your kpis key performance indicators put them inside einstein the artificial intelligence system and come up with a prediction model on where your sales are going to be within the next few months mm-hmm. what can you do to better sales mm-hmm. what will consumers like the types of promotions they'd want to do mm-hmm. 
But I don't think it'll be 100% accurate because at the end of the day, you cannot predict human behavior. You cannot predict human behavior, you but can. you can get a very strong idea. And Einstein... Yeah. You can get a better you can get a better prediction than the Monte Carlo simulation, for example. That's true. Because you can vary more, you can vary more but also be more precise. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Salesforce Einstein is doing a very, very good job. And I feel like all this is possible because of big data, the rise of big data and analytics. The rise of big data and analytics. Big data yep. is basically like, in the last like 20 years, we've been documenting and measuring everything that we do. Basically since the advent of the internet. Yeah, having access to that kind of information now, we put it all in one database and be able to analyze it is very helpful because, I mean, if used the right way, then we can solve a lot of our problems. We can solve a lot of the problems. Especially, we can, especially yeah. to do with efficiency. Efficiency. The questions of efficiency, waste management, mm -hmm. and create new technologies that can help fix that. But at the same time, like it requires a lot of knowledge on how to manipulate such data. I think it not just requires a lot of knowledge, but also requires a lot of thought on the sensitivity of the data that we collect. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to end up collecting data that is that breaches privacy laws. Yeah. We don't want to collect data that breaches trust. Yeah, but that's the trade-off, right? That's where the best data is going to lie. Like, let's look at it objectively. Like, what if you want to personalize ads for someone, for example, mm -hmm. you need as personal of data as you can to be able to personalize the right ad. That's true. But at the same time, like, you don't want to breach privacy, so you have to guess. Yeah. You so have like, to... For example, like, you can only follow what websites they go to, but mm -hmm. you can't follow, like... What they choose on those websites. Yeah, for right? example. Or so, you can't... Or, so for example, you can't get their gender, or you can't get their uh, race, yeah. or s those sorts of information, right? At the end of the day, the biggest issue there is, is laws can't keep up with the rapid changing technology. I agree. And this, this is especially the case with privacy laws. Mm -hmm. I feel like... Every couple months, there's new terms and conditions regarding privacy. Mm -hmm. Every time a new phone is out, there's always a question of privacy. And now Apple is advertising that they, they have upped their privacy. Mm -hmm. And now we hear about how Facebook is able to take data from everyone mm -hmm. and use it against them. In exactly. Way, basically. Right? Like, remember, I think we spoke about this in... <clears throat> uh, I think this was the introduction episode yeah. where we spoke about how Facebook was, 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 was handpicking... Um, users based on their political preference yeah. and, and feeding them that political agenda. Yeah. They right? use like strengthening views like that, but they're not giving education. Like if used in the right way, there are so many advantages. Like you could give more educational content, mm -hmm. right? You could give it like, fine, you have this political view. Here's something to read about so you have a better idea of what your view is really about mm -hmm. and who the politician you're following is really about. Yeah. Instead of spreading quote unquote fake news. Fake news. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big power to have to be able to influence people like mm -hmm. that. And it's really scary in a way that, like, man, like, you can't trust anything you look on, on online anymore. That's true. And that's why a lot of people tend to do this, like, so, uh, social media detoxing, mm -hmm. where they, like, just don't use social media for, for a For, like, week. a week, yeah. Like, they literally just go into the mountains and just stay there and, like, just stay with their own thoughts. Just, yeah, just and hibernate. I feel like it's very important in that sense, especially given the world we live in. Mm -hmm. But we're going on a tangent now. <laughs> so... Next thing I want to talk about is also um, the rise of e-commerce. E-commerce. Versus retail markets, yeah. um, retail stores. I feel like e-commerce is rising. You look at Amazon, you look at the number of stores that have been shut down. because The of, number of jobs that are lost because yeah. of artificial intelligence. See, like, I, I, I love this idea. I love this idea that, that we are coming to a more efficient world. 
Yeah. Right. I love I love the idea that uh, we are able to do certain things from just being in bed, yeah. or you know, just being around the house. Like if you had an Amazon Alexa, right? You can just sh- say Amazon Alexa, order me uh, X Y Z item from my wish list, and the Alexa will do it for you. Yeah. And you won't really have to do anything about it. All you have to do is get up and pick it up the next day or in a exactly. couple of days. Yeah. Right? So that, that, that makes everything very easy. That also makes us lazy mm-hmm. on, one ha- on one hand, but it, makes, but it gives us time to do other things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like we can be, you can make better use of our time than, say, mm-hmm. going to the mall and like trying to pick out what you need. You just make the list. On, like, for example, even Walmart is doing online delivery now. Yeah. And like this is this is what some companies that are successful at doing compared to Xerox is yeah. they were staying in their lane but innovating in their lane. Like they or maybe not innovating, I think it was more they adapted the change. Yeah. What Apple did, for example, is what they call click and mortar. Mm-hmm. So what you know how brick and mortar? Yep. Mortar. 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 Yeah. Mortar. Mortar. So they did what is called click and mortar. So what they did is they were able to have Retail stores mm-hmm. and online stores, and, online and stores. where you can get similar kinds of services. Exactly right, and I feel like that was a step forward. Mm-hmm. They stayed in the lane, but they innovated, so it's easier for customers. Exactly. So, for example, in the case for Xerox, their motto back in the fifties was creating efficient communication between businesses. Yep. And they strayed away from it, mm-hmm. and I, that was one of the. So I was reading uh, this article about how to stay relevant as a business, mm-hmm. and one of the things they said was. You have to stick in your core competency, yeah. Which is basically like, if you're, for example, for Apple, if you're in the market for phones and all that, you should stick to it. You should stick to it because you know, you already have the market. Now you mm-hmm. can bring something new to that market and yeah. innovate and do I something agree. better. Mm-hmm. So that's I feel like that's one way I would recommend businesses to keep going is don't okay don't stand still because mm-hmm. that's a form of falling behind. Yep. You have to keep moving forward and keep reinventing yourself, but stay in your lane in the sense that don't, stay, don't stray away from the values and motives of your business, yeah. but adapt the new technologies that exist in the market. Yes, exactly. That's right? well put. So, that, yeah. so that, you can, that you are always leading it. Like if you think about it, when we go to McDonald's, mm-hmm. do we really go to the cashier? Never. Never go to the cashier. I Why? rarely. We would rather go to the screen tap a few buttons, order. Yeah. Or just use the app use beforehand the app, and yeah. go pick it up. Right. Or you Uber Eats. Look at what Uber did. They have a network of drivers. Yep. Right? That's how they started, just like a taxi service. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Network of partners. Partners. That's very, it's, very, it's very smart legal jargon that Uber uses. Because if you call them drivers, it means you have to get them taxi licenses. You have to get the cars validated by um, taxi companies. Uh, they have to be regularly serviced. They have to be safety secured. The drivers have to pass a lot of safety tests. So they made like a loophole in a way. So they made a loophole by, just by creating, basically by changing the name. By changing the name from a driver to a partner. So now you are not. You are cons- you are technically a contractor for Uber. Yeah. You are not an employee. So from there, what they did was they they created Uber Eats, so yep. they could also compete with DoorDash. Mm-hmm. So like that that is a p- perfect example. Of staying in your lane, but innovating. That's staying yep. in your core competency, which is having partners. Logistics. Logistics. There you go. That's what Uber is. Logistics. So finding a way from getting point A to point B. If you, can, if you can get people from point A to point B, why not get food from point, point A to point, a, point B? Point B. Yep. Right? And groceries. Now they do groceries. Now they do groceries. They do pharmacy. They do all kinds of things now. Exactly. So that is innovation. 
in my innovation, staying staying in your own lane. And speaking of Uber, that's an example of sharing economies. Yep. So what sharing economies we can give other examples is Uber, we have Lyft, we have Airbnb, Airbnb, we have uh, ent- uh, car, uh, enterprise car shares, car shares, right? Yeah. And I feel like this is gonna be playing a big role. This is gonna play a huge role in the future because of cost. Yeah. As a company, you want to re- minimize the capital cost that you have. You want to yes. minimize the real, the, the fixed intangible assets, I guess. Yeah. You don't want to have no, a lot of tangible land. assets. Like they're tangible assets. They're, what are they? They're illiquid assets. They're hard to sell. They're hard to sell. Yeah. And like at any given time, when when things are rough, you can't let go. You can't liquidate them fast enough. Mm-hmm. You can't make cash fast enough. Exactly. So if you outsource. I don't think it's the right word, but if you outsource... I think outsource may be the right word. It is. If you outsource your assets, for example, like mm-hmm. like like a car sharing service where you have a big network of people who are willing to share their cars, yeah, or you just have a fleet of cars and you share mm-hmm. it, but give it at a cheaper rate, but people can use it hourly, daily, and stuff like that. So like, that's also innovation in a way. And I feel like sharing economies, you have Airbnbs where you want to be in a hotel, but you don't need all the services, for example. Mm-hmm. If you have an Airbnb, you just need a place to sleep. That's true. If you're going to for a nice vacation, Airbnb is perfect. You can decide how many days you want to stay. The rates are less. You have just have a cleaning fee. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of amenities that you need. Yeah. And I think this brings us on to a very interesting point is the conventional job market has now changed. The conventional the conventional idea of making money has now changed. Oh yes. Right? It gives way to some sort of let's let's call them semi-entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And the reason the reason I'll, I'll call them a semi-entrepreneurs, quite simply, is that when you think of an entrepreneur, it's somebody who has come up with a business idea, who mm-hmm. has scaled that business idea, and now operates that business up upon multiple platforms, multiple venues, has is able to generate sufficient revenue to live their life luxuriously, yeah. right? While also not having to work insane hours a day. I still think it's entrepreneurship because... I would call it like side businesses. Like mm-hmm. life, like the job market now is not about having one main job. Yeah. I, I mean, it is for a majority, but there, there's a big trend of having many different side things mm-hmm. that give you different amounts of income that perform differently given different conditions. Right. right. And then from there, you can earn money that you need. Right. Like, for example, if you were able to, if you were able to use your day job, your nine to five, mm-hmm. to acquire a few properties, you put them up on Airbnb and now you're renting them out for probably $100 a day. Yeah. You are able to make a lot of money by just that. If Assume they were rented out every single day. Yeah. Okay. Assume they're rented out every single day. You have three properties. Each property gives you, I don't know, like $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Right? You're able to pay off the mortgage on those properties yeah. and you're able to make yourself some decent income on the side and now while you have, doing a 9 And five. now you've increased your wealth by having three properties too. Exactly. So there you go. Like instead of nowadays, like people, if you look at it, like the housing market mm-hmm. in Toronto, yeah, uh, especially with the pandemic, the issue was that people were looking for long term because long term because Airbnbs were basically illegal at this point. Yeah, because of the lockdown, because you're not allowed lockdown. to have yep. them. So these little places that were used to be Airbnbs are now looking for long term tenants because exactly. they want security. Yep. So I feel like something like that has might bring changes in the future in the f- in how it works. But at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like sharing economies is how is how it's gonna go from. I feel on. like I feel I I completely agree with you. I think that yeah. sharing economies. I think that the conventional way that we look at an economy will change, due to technological factors, 
because mm-hmm. technological factors essentially there is there is there is a level of production that an economy can 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 produce which is yeah. called the ppf yeah right uh, production possibility frontier. frontier yeah now as we have improvements in technology the ability to produce more increases mm-hmm. right which means that we're able to do more output now output can come through many sources of of funds it could be through it could be through your your regular 9 to 5 yeah. it could be through side sources it could be through investments uh invest investments i mean the like the super conventional term of investments like fixed income uh government bonds those types of things and now there's content creation yeah you look at youtubers yeah, i mean have you seen the numbers that people make it's yeah. crazy like they can quit all their jobs and just stick to youtube and they're doing what they love this man is streaming games on twitch making clips of it putting them on youtube yep right he's making a lot of money now now he now what he does he moves to Florida buys a nice house in the mm-hmm. basement he has an office which is basically a gaming studio basically a gaming studio he has studio. like three PCs four monitors yep. a keyboard a nice camera some lights get sponsored by some sponsored brands sponsored by the controllers G Fuel yep. all that and there you go that's his life that's see and that and that and that's that's actually beautiful because our our economy is growing our economy is now you know it's going away from that conventional nine to five white picket fence like sort of nowadays ma- having mantra. a de- having a degree being a doctor lawyer engineer is no longer a measure of success yeah it's about what you do with what you have exactly the skills you have the skills how do you i mean it's down to also transferable skills if you like, think about it exactly. it's not just about like what are you good at okay but how are you good at with people mm-hmm. how are you good at with making deals how are you good at with problem solving right right so, like even entry-level jobs like we like if you look at the job market, it's very hard for people like you and I to get into the job market because we don't have those skills, yeah. right? And all these recruiters are looking for these types of skills that you need yeah. to be able to succeed, right? Yeah. Having a bachelor's is not enough to 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 give you to to teach you those skills to have that education. You know, they look for people with masters, right? Even even that even the whole immigration program, yeah, is based around the fact that. You have work you get, experience. You have work experience. Yeah. You get your bachelor's. You get another degree. You get your master's. You get more points. Yeah, and you learn a second language. You too. learn a second language. Like so, them. it's all about all of these skills that you need. Yeah, and, and not, even then, I feel like maybe this is right now. This is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Give it like maybe twenty years. This is how it's gonna be. Everyone's gonna have the skills needed. That's everyone's gonna have the same exact skills, different level of experience. Fine. The how you gonna how you gonna differentiate between people? You can have like ten applicants with identical resumes. What do you do? You bring them in for their interview, mm-hmm. and you gauge their transfer their soft skills. And this is what it is like. Like this isn't this. Is, if I were to give someone advice about about like job hunts and all that, because I mean it's not like I have gotten a job yet. Yes. I have gotten a job before, but I feel like this is what the trend could be. Is you're gonna be five people who will have the same amount of skills. It's mm-hmm. not about where you graduate graduated from and all that it doesn't matter whether how many certifications you have because anybody can get it at this point yep it's down to like when you go to your interview this is your moment to be yourself how do you differentiate yourself from everyone else exactly what makes you what makes think of it this way what makes bmw bmw what Mm -hmm. makes mercedes mercedes yeah you have to go down to your goodwill assets goodwill assets. there you go you could have like for example like having a degree is an asset having um Certifications, certifications are assets asset. volunteer experiences like assets asset. S- level of skills languages you speak so right we're looking at we're looking at a world that in a way is becoming significantly smaller yeah but significantly larger yeah. right you've got okay so you've got countries like europe canada 
like developed countries where the population in a way is sort of declining, right? Yeah. The biggest, the biggest population pyramid right now, like if you look at a population pyramid graph, mm-hmm. the largest population is 40, 50, 60. In 20 years, these people are retired or... Mm. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and we are going to be, you know, 40, 50, 60. Yeah. Like our generation is going to be in that age bracket. Yeah. Right? But the people... But the people who are just slightly elder than us, right? People who are 10 years older than us are, are less likely to have children than the people before them, mm-hmm. right? So now you have an economy that doesn't have the same population yeah. that was there in the baby boomer period yeah. or even after that, mm-hmm. right? You don't have those people anymore, which in a way is great. Why? Artificial intelligence, technology, we're going to be getting rid of all of these medial jobs. And what mm-hmm. I mean by medial jobs or tedious jobs is an accountant. Like, no offense to all the accountants out there, but in a way, a lot of the jobs and a lot of the certifications that are done for accountants yeah. are tedious. Yeah. Because accounting They're, is straightforward. So, yeah, like, that's what it is. Like, if you have, if you're looking for a career where the task is just repetitive, mm-hmm. There is a high chance that it's going to be replaced with an AI doing it. Yeah. Instead of having four or five accountants working for you, you're mm-hmm. going to have one senior supervising accountant and like four A machine, computer. A, and a computer doing all the jobs. Right. So now this is great. Your economy has shrunk. AI is going to take over all the jobs it's that you don't efficient. need. They're more efficient, more productivity. And but now as a common man, it's going to get harder to get into it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and on the other hand, now we've got developing countries whose population is booming. What happens there? And 20 years from now, where do, what, what, what does it look like then? And we don't know if the technology, for example, like we are talking about the technology in the future, the economy, but we're looking at it at a perspective of here in Canada. Yeah. You look at somewhere in Pakistan or you look in, look in the countries in Africa, there is development, there is development, but there's a lag. There's like a gap between those countries. Right. So we have to ask ourselves, like, okay, here we might have AI in the next 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. but over there, how fast will we be able to integrate that? And also, there, I think there's a lot of other questions that rise on the basis of security, yeah. um, government spending, the ability to collect taxes. And accountability. Accountability. Like what they do with those taxes. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but, but what this will give rise to, especially in developing countries, is a lot of these new industries that we see here, like, the f- like this whole sharing economies thing. Yeah. Um, the idea of Internet of Things that we spoke about, the, uh, the Amazon Alexa, the fact that... So Internet of Things is this concept where a lot of the bits and pieces in your house, in your life, your phone, your car, will all be connected through the Internet to provide you full connectivity so that your life is easy. So for example, you are you wake up in the morning as part of your routine schedule, your coffee maker will, your coffee maker will start, you just your car will start, your yeah. AC will start, your 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 shower will be warm. Yeah, like your toast is going to start. Like exactly. you just say like one command and you can just set up a whole routine that'll happen in your house. Exactly. Efficiency. Efficiency. Yeah, right? That's 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 the major growing industry right now. Mm-hmm. You already have like Google Nest, you yeah. have you have Amazon Alexa, you have Siri as well. Mm-hmm. Apple is trying to get into it too. You already know that they're going to come up with something. Exactly. Right? Now, it's in their lane. Here's a question for you. Hmm. Where we are today, mm-hmm. 20 years from now, we guarantee that we'll be significantly more advanced. Yeah. We'll be old with white hair. Yeah. But will places like Pakistan and India catch up to where we are now or catch up to where we will be in 20 years? 
That's a very good question. And there are many factors to take into play. And especially in the case for Pakistan, I would say, I don't think they will, one thing's for sure, I don't think these countries will reach where we will be in 20 years mm -hmm. at that time. They won't be with us. Mm -hmm. But depending on, depending on the country to country of like political factors, social factors mm -hmm. and all that, religious factors, that will determine how far they will get in the mm -hmm. next 20 years. And I think that's, that's my answer. I don't think they will reach. And I feel like that could be a problem. At the same time, we will have, you know, already we know uh, the world is becoming more globalized. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of immigrating people going yep. everywhere. Yep. That might reduce physically. But now because of we have um, e-commerce, mm -hmm. we have online businesses, mm -hmm. everything is moving global. Mm -hmm. I feel like sitting someone in Pakistan who has enough expertise and pull can get a job here and be able to take advantage of the industry here. Now, another question that I think we can, we can ask is, do you think that the brain drain with, within these countries will continue? It depends on the laws, to be fair. I mean, think about it. If I'm sitting in Pakistan mm -hmm. and I'm working for a company in Canada, mm -hmm. where's my money going? My money is coming to Pakistan. To Pakistan. Right? I'll be taxed in Pakistan. Yes. Right? So in a way... That's a positive thing we can look for, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm scared if like if that's the case, will Pakistan ever be able to create their own industry? Now, uh, so, so yes, like uh, the the foreign the foreign sentence, like okay, consumption will increase in Pakistan because obviously now I the will is coming in. the money is coming in and now I will be consuming in Pakistan, so I'll be buying and selling there. My kids will be going to school there. Yeah, I'll be paying for my house, car, driver, all those things. Yeah, right, but then. It could also be this model that I know Pakistan's not safe. Yeah. Right? So what if I do something else? I can work in Pakistan if I need to because it might be mm -hmm. easier for me. But my kids and my family could be somewhere else. Yeah. Right? Send the kids to boarding school. Send or the kids they, to boarding school. Or what they can do is they can move to like defense. Right? They, they, can, can, they can... That's the thing. Like there will be shifts inside. They, that, that, those are two possible things that can mm -hmm. happen. I feel like both are possible at the same time. Is that I think I think we should explain to people what, what we're talking about. What do we mean by defense? Uh, so defense are basically the easier, easily put, they're the safer regions in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. They're more developed, yep. I can say. And they have more security around them. So mm -hmm. the crime is a lot less. Yeah. Especially when you live in, when, it, when you're in a place where there is high number of population, high amount of po uh, poverty, mm -hmm. there's a higher chance of crime. Yeah. So... Defense is like uh, the government-built mm -hmm. sectors of the city yeah. where there's more safety. I agree. So I feel like there'll be both kinds of people. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of the balance of how many are actually staying and how many are actually leaving. Because, I mean, if you look at it in terms of the population, like Pakistan's a sleeper country. Yeah. The, the potential of that country is huge. It's mm -hmm. in a prime location. You yeah. look at the Gwadar port that they're building, mm -hmm. right? It's a prime location. It is. And if everything goes right... Some people will see that and they might end up staying and might invest in the country. There is a high chance of growth. You know what I think? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a twist to this story. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to say is, I think what may happen is the way we see the populations in these countries decreasing, yeah. I think the immigrant population that will migrate within 10 years from now, so assuming we're looking at 20 years from now, so 10 years from now, the immigrant population that's going to migrate and come here is going to fill in those gaps yeah. and provide growth for developed countries. Because mm -hmm. I think that places like Pakistan and India 
and China and all, like sort of underdeveloped countries, even Africa, right? I think people will find that moving to developed countries will give them security in life, will mm-hmm. give them, because we have access to a lot of things, healthcare, yeah. um, education, world-class education, world-class healthcare, all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And I think people, and, and obviously safety, right? Yeah. We can walk out at two in the morning and know that we're not going to be, like we're not going to be stopped with a gun. Yeah. In a way. In most, in, in most cases. Most areas, yeah. <clears throat> right? Um, so I think a lot of this immigrant population will move to Canada mm-hmm. and, a lot of this, and a lot of this immigrant population will fill in those jobs that are going to be reduced. So like the population in the, these countries will still grow because right? mm-hmm. we all know that the economy will always uh, work with the population size. Yeah. Like the economy will always grow in proportion to population size. Yeah. So if the population is going to be increasing, I think the economy will continue to grow. It won't shrink. Mm-hmm. Right, but but there is obviously a high chance that with artificial intelligence becoming more and more adept, and artificial intelligence artificial intelligence being like being adopted by a lot of organizations, yeah, these jobs, these immigrants that will come in, are going to be swept out. Mm. Especially like the, you know how you have the labor class mm-hmm. and like the lower. Income, like yeah, yeah, you making that that makes sense, and they'll be mm-hmm. go, they'll be forced to go back. I think so. Or maybe if they are lucky, then their kids will be, be entering in that stream mm-hmm. and be more qualified and be able to pick it up from there. That's that's possible as well. Yeah, but yeah. At the end of the day, like times are changing, and we are in the middle of a revolution. We, we have you've had the industrial revolution, we've had the internet revolution. I think now we're going to have a major technological change. Yeah. Right. And I think it's, we're seeing it coming. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a major population shift. There's going to be a major change in how we do business. There's mm-hmm. going to be a major change in how we understand. I think, I think there's going to be a fundamental change in the basis of economics, right? Because the basis of economics is, is, is based on consumer sentiment. It's based on government spending. It's based on investment. It's based on consumption. Now, I think your consumption is going to be spread out across the world. Yeah, I think that as as countries, countries will find it difficult to maintain their own economy. Yeah, I think we it's might global have to, economy. I think we might have to switch sooner rather. I think maybe maybe later, but it could be soon as well that we will switch to a global economy. Yeah, right. Because you'll have you'll have a, like, for example, now you've got you've got output coming from London, UK. Yeah. Okay, that's considered foreign development, right? If it's sent across the border to the US or if yeah. It's sent to, to Africa or to South America, for example, mm-hmm. right? But what if the economy was global? Then any development that happens in any part of the world supports the whole, like the world economy as a whole. But that's if every country agrees to share resources because you can't have that until you're agreeing to share. And I think at one point they will be at gunpoint that they will have to share resources. Yeah, but who's going to lead? There's always going to be a country that leads. I don't know if it will be a country. I feel like it will probably be an organization. Yeah, you make a good point. Because like, think about China. Have you heard about the 99-year loans that China's doing? China's doing these 99-year loans, yeah. And they're doing it with different countries. Now think about 99 years, countries don't pay back. What happens? China China owns them. China owns them. Like they own whatever it is that the work they put in. Exactly. It's theirs. So the the stuff that they did in Kenya, the stuff that they're doing in Gwadar. In Pakistan, yeah. All of these things are going to be... They'll be owned by China, but I think that the thing that it's it's the UN's mandate. I think this should be a part of the UN mandate that they should pick up 
their stance on technology and start mm-hmm. to figure out what is going to happen in 20 years. Yeah. It's a technological revolution. And it's happening be right weird, before right? eyes. Like if you're someone who's <clears throat> soon going to be entering the job market, yeah. you need to keep a look at this. You need to keep your ear to the ground and look at what's happening. Look at the industries that are dying. Look at the new industries that are coming. For example, like postal services are dying. Travel agencies are going to die. Yep. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna look at oil anymore. Oil is not gonna be the same thing anymore. We're gonna That's have renewable true. energy. We're gonna have everyone uses Netflix. Everyone uses Amazon Prime. Yeah, Who uses cable TV anymore. No, it's every, it's all streaming and subscription. Like there's a whole new business model. Right, right. And so you have to keep an eye out for that too. Like, it might, you might want to take up programming. You have to be tech savvy. You need to know how to ma- how to maneuver around technology. Yeah, and learn about new technology. And like basics of coding is not that hard. The basics of coding is not it's hard. It's just learning it's just, learning the logic of how the computer works is not that hard. Exactly. It's very basic. And the if you can just do that. How to solve problems. Yeah. Right. I think that the that that the biggest thing that's gonna be part of our economy is how people solve problems. Yes. And that's it. That's what it is. Like you don't it doesn't matter how fast your mental math is, it doesn't matter how efficient you are at working. Mm-hmm. Because they'll just find someone who's more efficient. So if you're yeah. picked, you already are efficient. Exactly. So now what you need now is how you can... Maintain your efficiency. Maintain your efficiency. Work with the people around you. Be motivated to work. Mm-hmm. Those soft skills. That's what soft it's down skills. to. It's be, and those skills are skills that can be transferred. So at the end of the day, in 20 years, the thing that may not change, other than change, is soft skills. Soft skills. Yeah. At the end of the day, be, at the end, we're human. And like... If you isolate yourself from this, then you might get left behind. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure, like, talk to people and figure out, like, talk to the people in your field. Mm-hmm. Look at, feel their sentiments out, how they're yeah. feeling, and be mm-hmm. in the know of what's going on so you can decide what to do next. What to do next. I think moving forward, mm-hmm. um, the world will be extremely competitive. Yeah. We, there's going to be a lot of competition. And there's going to be a lot, because a lot of basic stuff will go away. And the standards 20 years gonna, from now, standards are going to rise. Standards are going to rise. Basic stuff will go away. And we'll have much bigger problems to look at rather than, you know, um, stock market manipulation. I think there's going to be so many more issues at hand yeah. because we will have done so much further exploration. Especially with big data, then we can we'll be able to, it'll be easier to understand the stock market mm-hmm. through big data and empirical data. Yep. And as we get more and more data, mm-hmm. it's just going to get easier for us to understand what's going on mechanically. Exactly. Now is to keep a lookout for sentiments. Yep. Right? And like, at the end of the day, like, don't be afraid to take risks. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, if it was like, yeah, you're their doctor, lawyer, engineer, mm-hmm. and you're successful. But now yeah. it's, it's much more than that. It's you, much more. You, it's, it's the different avenues of income. It's the different styles, the ability to... Do different things. Yeah. Just like look at all the skills you have and put them into motion. Like just develop them. We read a lot. Like find ways that you can make most of your time that you have. Yeah. Like I mean, look at us. Look at what we're doing, right? Like we could have a job and we're doing a podcast, and you never know if this podcast blows up. If you guys, you know, if everyone likes what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and like here's another source of income too. Exactly. Like this, and it doesn't take a lot. Like we just got a couple things and we just started. And we started. That's yeah. all it takes. You just start. Yeah. And it's not even people think that starting a business requires a lot of capital. No. No, you can 
there you don't need you don't need capital anymore to not start anymore. businesses not there's any- there's so many ways to come up with money to come up with ideas for businesses you yeah. don't need much like let's give an example of what we're doing here is when you first told me about the idea i was like okay but where are we going to get the equipment you're like sad we can rent it yeah like it's simple like renting stuff has been there for a long time i just didn't realize that it was that you was the option rent something so easy you could yeah. just rent the sound system and everything and there exactly. you go you just need a laptop with the a the USB software. port. A USB port. You just need garage band. That's very rare now. The yeah. many USB. Yours doesn't hey, have a USB port. But you can get adapters for USB ports. So, yeah. So it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like technology. Technology. Don't be afraid to take risks. Education is not it. It's not everything. It's yeah. important. You should go through it. It's like the foundation. Yeah. It teaches you a lot. Like university, teaches, like writing essays, help you understand like how to create your argument mm-hmm. and base your opinion on facts. But at the end of the day, it needs, you're required to do more than that. Yeah. You have to branch out, take risks. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that a lot, but take risks. Take risks. Especially if you're young, like, you can do it. Yeah. So, in closing, the future of the world, like, in 20 years, is the world is going to be very different. It's rapidly changing. The economy changing. is going to be very different. The technology we use is going to be very different. Like, think of 10 years ago. It was so different. 10 years ago was so different. Bitcoin just came up. Yep. Like, so, yeah. I think that I think I think that was a very broad but very good discussion yeah. on how the world can change. Yeah. And and what skills people require from our end at least from what we understand. It's scary, isn't it? It is. It is. But to be honest, this is it's it's beautiful to be able to be in this position cuz yeah. we're witnessing happening like the revolution is happening it's happening right and now and we see it happening and we're watching it happen yeah and we're gonna keep following it too having this helps us to be able to keep up with it too that's crazy and i'm grateful for this yeah it's crazy how fast things are working and it's and it's good for us that we're able to use the skills that we're learning like we're putting our skills that we've learned to test yeah basically right? and we're and we're also improving the skills that we want yeah for example having a good conversation exactly yeah, yeah. we're trying to go from this to this yes like and this is like what space of six years six years years, yeah five years yeah Yeah. i got that 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 metaphor that metaphor took a while (laughs) you to catch (laughs) (laughs) is this a 2016 model yours is no yours isn't 2016 it is i got it when i came here this is 2017 one year and look at the difference you have a touchpad yeah you have usb-c yes look at that difference that jump that's crazy. Like, did you know like they had like, like basically we're done. But did you know <laughs> that they they already have technology where you can crush your screen? You mm. can literally crumple up your phone and put it in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, I've seen. They're that. I've they're seen developing those. that technology. I've seen that. That is so cool. So yeah, um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know this episode may seem a bit long and a bit tedious, but I think it was very. I think this this discussion is fundamental. Yeah. It's important to understand where we are right now. And that's why we just set the tone. That's why we thought we wanted to have a discussion because it's it's important to everyone. It's going to affect everyone and how we live. Yeah, 100%. So I hope you guys enjoyed. And see you guys next weekend. Next weekend. Take Take care. Yeah, so here we go. Here are a couple examples that we have. Go on. Sorry. Of stories. Oh, sorry. Yeah, of here stories <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> where? No, no, no. Bleep. Bleep. So here. Co- <laughs> <laughs> you should just put that randomly in the middle. <laughs> Bleep. <laughs>
think we're both tired. <laughs> okay, back to where we started from. So we yeah. were at BlackBerry. So Range Rover, hmm. 